Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. Today I have with me Grace Song, who is the wife of the guest we had on episode 130, Joe Song. And she gets to tell her side of the story when it comes to Joe's career change journey. It's really incredible how she managed to you know, raise her kids, work a full time job, and you know, all the while her husband is away for months、uh, training to become a law enforcement officer. So, yeah, I was really inspired and encouraged by her support for her husband. And I just wanted to hear about how she managed to do it all. So, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. Today,、um, I'm excited about this because I, I love it when we have someone on and then. There's this kind of other person in that story that doesn't get to share their, their side of it. And you've come today, Grace Song.、Uh, everybody, welcome, Grace Song, to kind of do that for,、um, as a follow up to the episode I did with Joe. Yeah, so thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And you know, as, as I, I was thinking about it when I asked you to be on the podcast, I thought of the phrase behind every. Great man, there's a greater woman.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't really like that because it implies that that greater woman is only there to support that great man.、Mm-hmm. But I feel like you kind of have like your own thing going on.、Mm-hmm. And then you were kind of, this situation was thrust upon you where you had to take on more than what you were already kind of juggling. And it's, I, I, yeah, I, I always hear Joe's side, like kind of, because it's always like, oh, you were a pastor and now、mm-hmm. you're a police officer. Like,、yeah. what is that? s so fascinating. But、um, we've, I've heard a little bit about kind of what you've had to go through during that time period.、Mm-hmm. And I want to get the full story today. So, yeah,、um, if, if you could, maybe we can start from the day, maybe even like a few months before when Joe actually went, came to you and said, hey, I'm thinking of leaving the ministry. Yeah. Like, Leading up to it, were there any signs that he was going to do this?、Uh, so I know he was getting restless.、Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know he shared when he came on that he was struggling with vision.、Mm-hmm. And、um, normally he kind of hits that、um, rut or, you know, just struggle、um, every year or every other year. So I was hoping it would just pass.、Mm-hmm. And it wasn't passing. And I, I think、uh, the pandemic just. Really stress tested that restlessness,、mm. and、um, obviously, we kind of know what came out of it. So,、um, I knew he was struggling with vision and you know, where does he want to go and, and take our congregation. And so, when he initially brought it up,、mm. um, and I know when he shared on the podcast, it made it sound like you know, I, I came around really fast, <laughs> but. Um, when he initially brought up the idea of applying and looking into becoming a Georgia State Trooper, I initially said no. And I don't、mm. think he remembered that, but it was just kind of an idea that it sounded like he was flippantly th- just throwing out there.、Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the idea of going into law enforcement, you know, there's a lot of risks and we have、yeah. a family, you know,、um, there's just a lot that comes with, I think, those responsibilities. And initially I said no. And then. He came back and asked again, I think a few weeks later.、Mm-hmm. And this time I realized, oh, he's not just asking, like just, you know, throwing out a crazy idea, but it was he, he wanted to really get my thoughts.、Mm. So I remember、um, 
thinking about it and I, I knew it, it's like a long training program it, it's about eight months and you have to be away for a few months mm. and uh you know just uh, the idea of that was so it was it was a lot it was yeah. really daunting to yeah. process and um i think at the end of the day when i thought about it at that time i wanted to look back at this moment in time and be able to know that i supported my husband mm. through this season mm. and that i wouldn't have regrets um not having supported him through it right and so you know I, I was thinking not not just months down the line but like 10 years from now if we look back and if joe is still in ministry wondering what could have been mm. and i never supported him on that on this endeavor i felt like i would have regretted it right. so that being said i think it helped me to kind of come around and say like at the end of the day um you know god has God has his calling over you, and yeah. I, I trust that he will lead you wherever he needs to lead our family and, you know, wherever Joe needs to go. Yeah. So that being said, I think I was able to come around and say, you know, whatever whatever you decide, I will support you. Wow. But, yeah. So then it sounds like there were two things, right? Um, when Joe first approached you and said, hey, I'm looking into the Georgia State Patrol. Mm-hmm. Was there a part of you, it sounds like there was a part of you that was sad that he was leaving the ministry yeah. and another part that was also sad because he was going into such a dangerous profession, right? Mm -hmm. So can, let's take one at a time. So sure. in terms of your like sadness or maybe even disapproval of him leaving the ministry at mm -hmm. first, well, even before that, because there are some people who when they approach their spouse or maybe even girlfriend at the time and say, I'm going into the ministry. Mm -hmm. There are some people who don't like that even, yeah, right? right. So was that something you ever went through or were you always like, oh, that's great that he's going to be a pastor? I, I mean, I think when I met Joe and I started liking him, mm -hmm. uh, what drew me to him was how God loved him so much. Mm. And you can just see God's favor uh, leading him. Mm. And that was even just before we started dating. Uh, and that's what drew me to him. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't want to be the person to snuff out, you know, just the desires that God has put in Joe's heart. Right. Um, so I knew he was going to go into ministry even before we started dating. Mm -hmm. So none of that was kind of a barrier mm -hmm. to us dating. Um, but yeah. And, and so, I mean... If you guys listen to the When I Grow Up podcast with uh, Grace, like you would know that you yourself have kind of a very successful career, right? So was that something, did the fact that you knew he was always going to be a pastor or in ministry, mm -hmm. did that inform kind of your choices that you had to make in your career and things like that? Or was that kind of independent? Because, um, I mean, to put it bluntly, yeah. it's not like pastors make... Yeah. The most amount right, of money, right. you know. Yeah. So, I mean, even my career pathing, it's it's something that God opened up mm. and wasn't something that I planned out like 10 years ago and, and said, this this is the course that I'm going to take. Mm -hmm. um, those doors just open because of God's favor in my life. And mm. through those seasons, you know, Joe supported me too, mm -hmm. as, you know, I have supported him. Mm -hmm. So I think they're kind of independent. It's, it's not... Because he went into ministry, I was right. 
really set on my vocation and my career pathway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was a very positive experience, him being in ministry. I'm, I'm assuming generally speaking, I'm yeah. sure there were a lot of hardships sure. and, and stuff. So that being a, being, being a pastor's wife and, and being able to support your husband in the ministry and all that, I'm sure that was great. So what were your kind of first thoughts when Joe suddenly said, I'm going to leave it? essentially leave the only career he knew at the time yeah so i i think the decision to go into um the academy and start the training Mm. they were kind of two different Mm. um decisions so it wasn't hey i want to go into law enforcement therefore i want to step down from ministry um and initially even when he brought up the idea it was like maybe i can do both Mm. you know um so I was hoping that he could do both, and it it was um, it was two different things that we had to process separately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, him going into law enforcement was one thing. I felt like God brought me around to that mm-hmm. idea, and then um, him wanting to transition out of ministry was a whole other thing. And actually, I think if anything, that was harder to process oh so you accepting the fact that he's going to go into law enforcement Mm -hmm. came first yes oh interesting wow so yeah then kind of walk us through what happens when he drops the hammer i'm leaving ministry so i don't think he dropped any hammer but it was just a discussion Uh of um can can he truly do both Mm. and the further along he went through the application process, I think we realized that uh, it was potentially time to wrap up our season mm. um, at our current ministry. Mm. I, I don't even know when it was that that decision was made, but I know there were lots of conversations and lots of prayer and um, even just bringing our church community in at the time to... Yeah kind of talk through that talk through the whole process of mm-hmm. you know joe's looking into law enforcement and now we're looking to transition out and allowing people to be part of that process and dialogue mm-hmm. um so yeah they, they were definitely two different things and it, it's it was a lot to process yeah yeah i mean so what, what was the biggest part that what was your biggest struggle in in leaving the ministry because I'm sure there's the actual work of ministry, but there's also so many relationships yeah. that you've built oh, along yeah. the way, right? And I actually didn't know this until recently, mm-hmm. but I found out that when a pastor steps down from like the leadership position, it's like etiquette for him and his family to leave the church altogether. Mm-hmm. I did not. I, at first, I was like, "What? Why would why would that need to happen?" Like that was a very surprising revelation for me. Sure. Um, but I mean, some people like, like, cause I mean, at my own church, mm-hmm. we've, we've had an exit of my pastor. Right? right. Um, so like I had this discussion with more people cause it was a very relevant topic mm-hmm. and I guess it kind of made sense. Like, you know, like for the new pastor, like all these kind of things mm-hmm. I heard, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But it, that must've, that must have not made it any easier for yeah. you and your family to make that transition out of the church. Right. So what was that like? Yeah, I mean, transitioning out of the church, definitely the hardest part was mm-hmm. uh, separating from the relationships or or 
not so separating, but knowing that the relationships were going to change. Mm. And I think, um, yeah, we wanted to really honor the, the next pastor's family, mm-hmm. who at the time we didn't know who it would be, mm-hmm. um, to not, um, I don't know, have to, have to live in our shadows or, mm-hmm. you know, um, be influenced by our presence. Right. Uh, and we wanted to really honor them and bless them with just being able to recreate or reshape or reevaluate uh, the ministry as they would see fit. And, you know, now we look back and we're like, oh, well, you know, it's it's our friends that are there now, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, but again, it's, I, I know we made the right decision just to honor um, yeah, the new leadership because we, we first saw that there could be conflict or tension or, you know, that there could be different influences um, if, if we were to weigh in a certain way. Right. And, you know, as lay members, I, I, I think the transition would be confusing for like the congregation Mm -hmm. so um yeah it was it was a hard decision Mm -hmm. but when when i look back um i feel like that was god honoring Mm -hmm. yeah and how did the congregation take it because you know it's like yeah as much as you love them they love you right right (laughs) yeah um a a lot of people had questions on well what yeah why do you guys need to leave Mm -hmm. can't you guys just stay um but I mean, I think we talked it talked about it at the leadership level too, and agreed that um, it would be the most beneficial for us to transition out mm. once the new family came in, mm. and um, even just the timeline of how that worked out was. Um, so the kids and I decided to stay at Hun Vision mm. till they found the new pastor. So while Joe went off to the academy and he was gone for five months. Mm. Uh, the kids and I still attended Hunt Vision. They were still very much our community. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as the new, as soon as Joe came back from training and he was home, the, the following week is when the new pastor's family started. Mm-hmm. So even the timing of that transition was so um, so perfect because mm-hmm. um, I still had a community that you know had my back that supported me while Joe was away, mm-hmm. and I definitely needed them. For that season um and then as soon as joe came back i felt like it was time for us to leave and mm. then the new pastor's family started mm. so then yeah let's talk about that season because we've we've talked a little bit about it and yeah. i can't imagine so joe being away literally meant that he wasn't like he was on at the the training facility mm-hmm. even on the weekends mm-hmm. right so like, was it like like a, at least the two-month period where you didn't get to see him at all? Or how did that work? Yeah, so uh, the first month, he um, was away all week mm-hmm. and all month. Mm-hmm. He didn't get to come home. Some nights, he didn't even get to call home. Mm-hmm. So it was like maybe every other night, the mm-hmm. first two weeks, we'd get to hear him call and FaceTime, see his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that month was was really really hard because we just didn't know when we'd hear from him or see him Mm. uh and then months two three four and five um he only came home on the weekends so monday through friday he was still gone so i was still very much in single mom mode um just trying to hold it down with the kids yeah so this might be a a very broad and vague question but how did you do it because like (laughs) you like, I, I went on a week-long business trip, like, 
in March, and I felt so bad mm. to Shirley. Yeah. Having to, I mean, because she has a full time job, she had to watch the kids. You too have a full time job, and you have two kids. But with my situation, we have the benefit of my parents living really close by, but you don't have any family here, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. you really have just the church community that's your family. Yeah. And like, so, like, how did you juggle all of that? Uh, man, that's. <laughs> As much as it's a vague question, it's a loaded question. Uh, I I know, looking back, how did I get through that season? It's just grace of God. Mm. Um, I I know it was more than what I can handle, Mm. but God did bring people alongside me to to take care of me, to take care of the kids. Uh, I, I still had work dinners and you know, just other responsibilities that I had to tend to. Mm -hmm. And whenever I would, you know, ask a friend or people in our church, um, people were very much willing to help Mm -hmm. uh, babysit, pick up the kids from daycare so I can go to work dinners or um, bring meals or stop by and just hang out. And um, being an extrovert, you know, I needed people. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, yeah, our, our church was definitely there for me so i know god provided through them and then even just through our other friends um you know even angie and chujin they happened to move in right next door to us you know the month before joe Mm. went away and we look back and we're like oh that was god's provision Mm. um and then you know we'd go over there for dinner every night and chujin would cook for us Mm. and uh, just random stories like that where um people provided and um they, they were so generous and, and so giving. Yeah. Wow. Still like, I mean, even just the logistics of it, right? Like having to dress your kids in the morning, send them off to school, mm-hmm. daycare, whatever it was. Yeah. And then go to work and then pick them up. Like, was it like you got into a groove of things or was it just a struggle until Joe came back? Yeah. And then on top of it, I don't know if you remember... Just outside of the day-to-day, Elizabeth also broke her arm. That's right, yeah. Yeah, that second month Mm -hmm. where uh, it was October and Joe had started training end of August. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he just started coming home and then Elizabeth had that injury where Mm -hmm. she broke her arm. And then a month later, Ezra had to get stitches because he injured his eyebrow at a playground. So it was... Even more than just the day-to-day things, yeah. there was just a lot of things that had never happened to us. Uh-huh. Um, so the, there, there was a ton of chaos. And yeah. uh, I, again, I, I know that God provided mm-hmm. every step of the way because, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the day-to-day things, even it, it I, yeah, it was, I, I don't know. It, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, any tips that you learned during that time period for people going through the same thing? Uh, you have to be ruthless about saying no to mm. things. Like, yeah. for example? Um, I had to say, and for me, it was more around work because mm. I had, uh, I have a lot of work that I always have to do yeah. for my job. And there are times where I just have to say no, but it's, but I have an awesome team that also leans in and mm. they support me. And mm. so... There'd be times where I'm just like, I can't do this. I need someone else to help me. Mm-hmm. And um, so actually that's kind of a two-part thing is one is saying no, but the other part is asking for help. 
I think mm. I had, I was so shameless when it came to asking anyone and everyone for help. It's, yeah. hey, I, I need someone to watch my kids on this day. Or, um, hey, like, can you hang out and, you know, get dinner with me? Yeah. Or, um, or, hey, I can't take this meeting. Can someone else take it? Mm. And um, just, just being shameless and um, ask, asking anyone and everyone for help. I almost felt like people understood too because of that mm. unique season where um it wasn't me just i, I don't know um playing like a, a weak card but everyone understood that oh this is this is a really hard season for grace yeah. and i want to be there for her and um i i've realized even being in ministry like you get so used to loving on people and just giving and um and that and I think what God taught me in that season was uh, love is, it goes two ways mm. where it's not that you just give, but you also receive. And so in this, in this season of desperation and need, um, all I could do was receive. Mm. Um, and it was so amazing to receive love from those friends or people that um, we loved on, you know, just throughout the years. And yeah. Um, oh, even just talking about it, like gets me really emotional, but, um, yeah, just letting people love on me Mm -hmm. and loving, uh, on our kids, even my coworkers, you know, I, I usually just try to serve them and love on them. And in this season, I felt like they, they were all just trying to care for me and check up on me and, you know, have like meals delivered to my house or like whole foods, groceries shipped Mm -hmm. to my house and, um, yeah, it was it was a season where I felt so loved on by um, my community and by my friends and coworkers. Mm. It was um, really unique, and even though it was hard, it was really special. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So it wasn't just the church community; it was also like your work community that mm-hmm. you were able to leverage. Yeah. That yeah, leverage sounds weird, but you were able <laughs> to receive help help from right. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, I mean. Then in your head, as you're kind of going through all of this, do you, and I'm asking this because I think I would, I would be this way. Did you like grow any resentment toward Joe? Because, because I asked the question because it's one thing to say yes and agree to something. But then when you're going through the thick of it, Mm -hmm. that's also a a totally different thing, right? Like there might be things you didn't expect to happen. Yeah. You know, it might have been harder than you were thinking. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if if we're being open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So I I don't mean to defer the resentment to Joe, but Mm -hmm. for me, knowing that God is always leading our family, Mm And that God is the one ultimately leading Joe too. Um, I didn't feel direct resentment towards Joe, but I did feel resentment to God. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah. Um, there were moments where, um, yeah, I, I would just ask God why, you know, mm. like God, this is this is too hard, or it's too much, or I don't know what I'm doing, you know. Um, yeah, there there were definitely those moments and. Uh, I felt like God's answer back was usually just that he's God mm. and and that I'm not and I have to trust him. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I That's really admirable because I think if I had made a decision to support my wife in something mm-hmm. and like I got to a place where it was like, 
I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, I think it would be so easy to just be like, oh, it's like, I resent you. You know, like, yeah. I, I, I didn't, this isn't what I expected. Like, I need you to you know, reverse your decision and, sure. and, and come back. But wow, it's, uh, yeah. And then I, I think throughout those hard moments, there were always stories that Joe would share back where mm-hmm. I knew um, God was using him, mm-hmm. like even at the academy mm-hmm. where he would have the opportunity to share the gospel with his whole class, mm-hmm. you know, where he would be able to answer questions about like, how do I get to heaven with mm-hmm. these random cadets that... Um, just have no personal relationship with Jesus. Mm. So in those moments, I, I felt like God would answer those questions mm. of there's there's a greater purpose, mm. you know, um, that God sent Joe out there for the 99 or, you know, for the one mm-hmm. as opposed to the 99. Mm. Um, and uh, it, it was hard to keep that resentment as long as, you know, I would have those stories of, okay, God, like if this person comes to faith, like then it's all worth it. Mm. Or if they, you know, if they can hear your word and at some point come to know you, then, then it's worth it. Mm. So, um, I think having that kingdom mentality, um, was, was what helped me, um, know that there was a greater purpose in all this Mm. and it helped me get through it. And in that, are you, because I'm trying to phrase this so it's coherent, because in all of that, you're playing somewhat of a supportive role, right? Because mm-hmm. your mind frame, you're, the, the way that you're viewing it is I'm supporting my husband so that he can be out there doing ministry, right? Um, is that something that was always some, like a way that you were able to think about? your relationship with your husband or is that something that you know you had to cultivate and i asked the question because i think there could be in marital relationships Mm -hmm. where people are like i don't want to just play the support role all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. um i want to be the one kind of like the main character right like and you very much are in your own right you know Mm -hmm. you have your own career you're you're out there doing your own thing um but being being kind of almost forced i wouldn't i don't know if that's the correct term but almost forced into a supportive role mm-hmm. right was that like easy to accept or was that something you kind of had to like intentionally and consciously like work yourself into doing sure uh so i i mean i don't want to go back too far but mm-hmm. i remember um uh in college i used to be like all about women and you know um leadership and um feminism and I think at some point I had to wrestle with the idea of submission mm-hmm. and um, to, to keep it brief um, I realized that there is so much power in submission mm-hmm. and it's not a secondary like position mm-hmm. um, and I realized that through it it can change uh, other people mm-hmm. um, and so I realize even in marriage or in relationships, when a woman decides to be submissive, it's not an act of weakness or just Mm. taking on like a side character role, Mm -hmm. but there's so much power. Mm. And, um, and I'm sure, you know, you've, you've talked to Joe too, where, um, 
I, I would almost like to take some credit uh, that because I've been submissive, he's been, he's become a better leader. Mm. Um, and I, I, ultimately it's me submitting to Jesus mm-hmm. and trusting in what God is doing. Uh, and, and so it kind of comes back to, do I, do I think that it's a supportive role or, you know, kind, kind of taking like shotgun or, you know, not, not being able to drive. Right. Um, I, I've never really seen it quite that way mm-hmm. um, ever since, you know, just kind of struggling with it in college. And um, I I know that we are where we are today because there are times where I have taken a step back and I let Joe lead. But what's interesting, I think, throughout the course of our marriage, too, is that there have also been times where Joe has taken a step back to support me. Mm. And I realize um, the beauty of just that mutual support and submission. Mm. Um, it's it's not just um, a one way thing where I give and give and he receives, but it it's it's a mutual thing where, as a partnership and as a unit, um, yeah, there are times where I've I've needed more um, time to focus on my career, and Joe had to spend more time with the kids, picking them up and, you know, taking care of them. And, um, and it, I don't know, we, we joke that he, he took on that season knowing that this season would come. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we believe that there's, it's a partnership mm. and it's important to support each other and love each other. And sometimes you make sacrifices and it's not about keeping track of who's supporting who on what, mm. but, um, Yeah. That's so good. That is so good. I, I really hope that people listening, if they're married or just in relationships, um, that you can take a moment to appreciate all the times your significant other supported you. Um, yeah, because I can definitely point to many occasions my wife supported me. Um, so, I mean, even this podcast, I think it's it sounds simple, but it surely does have to sacrifice sacrifice a lot for me to be able to do this. Yeah. Um, an hour a day doesn't sound like much, but having to watch two kids at the same time, like when it's like dinner time Mm -hmm. or like later, it's not, it's not always easy. My kids and my kids kind of go, they go to sleep pretty late and they're like the most energetic (laughs) right before bedtime for some reason. So, um, yeah, uh, Shirley, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you, Shirley. Joe, if you're listening, I hope you can take a moment to appreciate grace he does yeah (laughs) (laughs) every day yeah so what what did it get easier when he came back from the boot camp um yes and no Mm -hmm. i think when he came back i had expectations that were much higher Mm -hmm. um and so while it was great that he was physically present uh, i felt like that's all he was and he couldn't provide the mental emotional support that I was hoping we'd we'd kind of jump right back into Mm. um and and I remember that first week when he came back home and he started field training um we were just not seeing eye to eye and I expected him to be more emotionally present Mm. with me and the kids and just felt like he was so stressed and preoccupied uh and i remember we were getting breakfast and i literally had to have a conversation with him and i said look i'm i'm so glad you're back home uh 
but I am not going to expect anything from you. Uh-huh. I said, this is to protect myself and, and not to keep feeling disappointed that you're um, not fully present mm-hmm. and that you're worried about, you know, this this season that you're in and, and showing up for work and, and performing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, it it was easier, but also not. Mm. So I remember you told us this and there was a phrase, um, expectation is, um, what was it? Like premeditated resentment. That's right. That sounds so when as a married couple, like if Shirley told me, I'm not going to expect anything from you. (laughs) I think initially I'd be like, whoa, like that's harsh. You know, like, like, I don't know. It, it would make me feel a certain way. Like Mm -hmm. obviously very bad, but also like, man, like I screwed up really big time. Right. Right. But that wasn't the mindset for you. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit? Uh, uh, So, I mean, even just the course of, our relationship between Joe and I, mm-hmm. we've always been like our our advice to people is set the bar low. <laughs> <laughs> like if you set the bar low, then you won't be disappointed. And it, it sounds really pessimistic, mm-hmm. but I remember talking to my counselor about it and he said that's that's not an unhealthy thing. And that's where I learned about the definition of expectation mm-hmm. is premeditated resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, so that means I'm just not letting myself have build up this resentment um and we've we've always been open about communication and sharing hey like this is what i expected but you know um this isn't what happened what the reality was and and we talked through it and i think just over the years we we realized that um it's not fair to expect something without communicating mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. Um, and and so even in that season, in this season of transitioning um, and having Joe back home, where I was able to tell him that it it was more like I am giving you a break, like mm-hmm. you you get a you get a pass, you know, in this season of if you're not present, you're not engaged, it's okay mm-hmm. because I'm not gonna like fault you for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Joe appreciated it. And, and then just throughout the course of time, I think he was able to kind of adjust with training and, and slowly be more engaged. But then it was more of a welcomed, um, pleasant surprise as opposed to you're not performing at a level that I expect you to and I feel constantly disappointed. Mm. And I think that is part of what makes you superwoman is you had two options when Joe came back, you would either take the path of you need to pick up the slack or you know what, since you're kind of going through this big transition and, and, and Joe told me a little bit about field training, like that first few months, how difficult it was. You recognize that and you say, you know what, I, I'll let you kind of, I'll give you a pass. Yeah. Right. And, you know, set the bar so low, not because I, I don't think you're capable, but right. because I'm trying to like support you. Yes. I think that is amazing. That's, I, I don't, I think, I honestly think that takes a special type of person to be able to yes. do that, you know? But it's like, it's such good advice for married couples to not think of setting the bar low as kind of a failed thing in a right. relationship to say like, oh, my husband or wife is useless. So <laughs> I have to put the bar this low. Right. It's more of, I'm going to show you grace. Yes. Uh, I'm going to not expect things that, 
is in my mind, but I haven't spoken, you know, mm-hmm. like all these kind of things. Like it's such good advice. And I, so Joe Chujin and I, like we meet up at Starbucks, um, like once a week or so mm-hmm. early, early in the morning. And <laughs> like, we, we talk about these things, like yeah. just accountability, but we do talk about, um, like our like marriages and st- things like that. Mm-hmm. And as a joke, like Joe was like, yeah, the secret to marriage is just set the bar so low <laughs> that it's like touching the ground like there's no way you can go underneath it so because it's so low right but um as he was saying that he got a little bit more serious and he was like but yeah you know seriously though it's not just that like you have to have an open line of communication yeah like you have to be very open because no matter how low you set the bar if you're not communicating yeah and you're harboring resentment when things happen and you know like it somehow your spouse's performance goes under that low bar that's still gonna you know build resentment sure. and it's gonna you know fester of so course. and he was saying the real secret and guys this is i think just a real golden nugget of advice here is to not expect anything but also openly communicate all the things that that you're going through don't let things kind of fester and yeah. sit there so that i think you know, I was secretly trying to get the secret of how you survived these, <laughs> those that season. Sure. I feel like that might be the answer. It might be. Right? Would you agree? Like, without, yeah. if you had these set expectations for Joe and you clung to them, would it have been as smooth? I don't want to call it smooth sailing. Yeah. But would it have been as smooth as it was? No. I mean, I, yeah, I would have been filled with resentment, mm-hmm. filled with bitterness. Um, but... Yeah, I think just letting go of my expectations and surrendering it and just trusting in the Lord, um, that that's probably definitely been the key. Mm. Wow. So since Joe isn't here, and um, who knows if he'll listen. <laughs> he will. <laughs> I'll make it. <laughs> I want to ask you, like, what were the top five worst, maybe hardest things? And to balance it out, or the top five, like, uh, kind of surprising fruits that you saw during the oh, season. Oh, that's... It doesn't have to be five. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can list out five. Um, <laughs> I didn't come prepared, so... Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. Um, I mean, I think I kind of mentioned two of the worst moments mm-hmm. where, um, you know, Elizabeth and Ezra both getting injured mm-hmm. while Joe was away. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, there was also another hard moment uh, right around Christmas where the kids and I got COVID and um, Joe couldn't come into the house for New Year's Eve. He, I, I remember, um, yeah, Ezra was homesick and then I got it. And, uh, that Friday I took a test and Mm. it came out positive. And I remember I called Joe and he's like, I'm getting off the highway. I'm five minutes from home. And um, he was coming home for New Year's Eve, and I, I told him, well, <laughs> you can't come into the house because <laughs> he couldn't risk ca- contracting it yeah. because then he would not be able to go and train and it would set him back mm. uh, potentially. So um, he stayed in the shed <laughs> Christmas or um, oh, wow. yeah, uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's. We, we had to social distance mm. and... 
Um, he brought food and groceries and while well, the kids and I stayed home. So that, that was also really tough, not being able to bring in the new year together. Wait, he like literally slept in the shed? He did, yeah. We oh had an gosh. inflatable mattress, a heater, <laughs> and they're all ready. So he, he slept in there and he was just on standby wow. um, that weekend to make sure we were taken care of, even from a distance. Oh, but wow. That was really hard. Um, Knowing that, like, you know, other people were, like, celebrating 2021 and looking forward to the new year and talking about, like, oh, this year was great and, you know, um, this is what I'm looking forward to. And I remember, like, even just reading these things that, like, different people were sharing and Mm. I felt so discouraged. I was like, I haven't accomplished anything this year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not looking forward to anything Mm. next year. Mm. You know, I was like, I just, I just want to be, you know, over this season. Um. So that's probably a really hard part of the season. Another one was transitioning out of, you know, Han Vision Mm. community. That was really, really hard. Um, But I I felt like God gave me grace in giving me those additional months to to go even while Joe was away. Um, I don't know if there's a number five, but those those are kind of the the (laughs) Uh main ones that come to mind. Um, And then I guess... Pleasant surprises. Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> this <laughs> the, season was just hard. Yeah, no. If there if there aren't any, I I, I mean I think it's all I know when I look back is um, wow God's hand was truly over this season, mm. um, and I think more of the highlights were probably those stories that Joe would share with me where he was able to share God's word or pray for his class or, you know, pray for someone on the side of the street. Um, so I think those were like the small victories. Mm. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll have more highlights to come, but Mm. I I think we're still just in this constant season of transition where I'm I'm waiting for things to stabilize Mm. and, um, to realize some of the fruits. Mm. Oh, so you're still kind of the dust hasn't settled yet. I feel right? like it's just now going to start settling mm. because Joe started working, you know, more officially about a week ago. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, okay, I, th- I think the dust will start settling. Mm. But, you know, we're, we're still trying to transition into a church community. Um, and there's just things that I, I feel like aren't fully transitioned. Mm. Um, and so we're, we're just, I'm, I'm still waiting, yeah. I guess. How easy is it for a like pastor to find a church pastor and his family to find a church community as lay people i don't know (laughs) i haven't i haven't figured out the answer to that Uh um i yeah i i don't know the answer Mm. how i i think we miss the korean american community Mm. um but at the same time it feels like it might be too soon to jump into one and um i know you know right now we're just kind of hopping around between other big predominantly white churches Mm -hmm. and um it's it's easy to get lost there right and um it's not like they have social settings where you can have lunch afterwards like they do at korean churches so it's really hard to get plugged in and Mm -hmm. find friends and um that social circle Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think that that's not just a pastor's um, 
transition like problem it, it, it might just be you know a broader hmm. korean american background and yeah i don't know we, but we it's hard hmm. that's my answer yeah yeah how, how has it been for your kids because i mean as much as your hanvision community was your family i'm sure it was family for your kids as well right yeah um I, I mean, my kids still want to go back, they Aww. ask. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. they miss their friends. Mm -hmm. um, but we just try to talk through it with them. Mm -hmm. Each time they, they miss, you know, our church community or they miss people, we, um, we try our best to address their emotions and listen to them, but also kind of tell them this, this is our season of, of change. Mm -hmm. And... You know, we might be hopping around from different church communities and kind of like it is what it is, you know, but we're all together mm. and we'll, we'll figure it out. And, you know, I, I try to be good about scheduling play dates with, you know, our, our friends and mm. making sure that they get to see them mm. frequent enough. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, our kids have been very, they've been very good in this season. Aww. Yeah, yeah, it's like God. God knew I can handle <laughs> so much. Yeah. Um. So they they've been understanding, and you know when we explain things, um, surprisingly enough, they're just like okay, and wow. they accept it. Mm. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So the support wasn't just you; it's also from your kids. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So looking back, uh, I know I know you said that the dust hasn't settled yet. But looking back, if are there things that throughout this transition period that you would do different, um, or do you think it went as well as it could? Um, I believe it went as well as it could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, again, a lot of it was outside of me, mm -hmm. and it was just God's provision every day, mm -hmm. uh, every week, every month, every just moment. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't do anything differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, hearing what you went through, it sounds like kind of the key things was for you to be willing to say no to certain things and to be willing to ask people for help. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's on kind of the survival side of the season. Yeah, right. But in terms of the relationship with your husband, it was uh, not expecting anything. Yeah. And that still sounds bad, <laughs> it <does. laughs> but it, it's not, it doesn't have any negative connotation. Right. right. Uh, and also having an open line of communication to make sure that there's nothing that you guys are kind of harboring. Right. Uh, wow. I'm learning a lot um, just as a husband and as a father. I feel like, I mean, we haven't had kind of these major transitional events mm -hmm. in my family yet mm -hmm. um so but if it ever were to happen i feel like i have things in my tool set to to kind of weather them as best as possible Great. because it is i think i don't know if it's unique to korean americans but a trait that most korean americans do share is the unwillingness to ask for help yeah i think there is a little bit of pride yes. there's also a little bit of i don't want to be a burden right but it's it's like hard to support your church community because no one's really saying that they're going through anything yeah, difficult. Right. Yeah. But um, to be able to just raise your hand and say, hey, like, mm -hmm. yeah, like one thing Shirley and I, we've still never done is, hey, can you just 
come over and watch the kids while we like take a nap What? or something really which which is something that all right we'll do every it. parent needs yes. you know <laughs> there there are days where like i'll fall asleep with kaylin on my chest mm -hmm. and i'll wake up to the sound of like aisley like breaking something or, like, <laughs> something <laughs> happening and, oh i can't believe i fell asleep you yeah, know yeah yeah um so i think it's something in us that i don't know like We it's need to pride, correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It must be, right? Pride yeah. Or... Yeah. Or it's like the shame culture mm. where like you feel like if you need to ask for help, it's because you're not performing at a certain level or mm. you're not equipped enough. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you got to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think uh, it's something that we should all look to to work on. So um, and just to kind of wrap things up, looking forward, mm -hmm. are you are there things that you want to see happen um maybe like joe you're not allowed to do anything crazy like this for the next 15 years <laughs> or um like in terms of like church communities that you're looking for like is there if there's an ideal picture of where your family goes from here like what would it look like yeah that is a hard question mm. um i think i'm still so focused on day-to-day -day survival mm. um that i'm not sure what that ideal picture looks like mm. and again maybe it's i'm setting my expectation really low and i'd rather be pleasantly surprised by where we end up mm -hmm. um but yeah I, i mean if anything you know we we definitely want to find a church community um that um joe and i can you know grow together with to have accountability mm -hmm. um that our friends or our children would find friends mm -hmm. and that they would sense that type of community as well mm. um and yeah i want joe to feel comfortable in the line of work that he's doing mm. and start feeling um yeah just a sense of confidence and knowing what he's doing and mm. with any new job you know it takes about a year to get there i yeah. think yeah. um so kind of looking forward to that um and then i don't know i don't i don't i haven't even thought about what i want for myself mm. other than just that community piece yeah. but um yeah just looking for forward to the dust settling and and feeling a sense of uh stability and uh routine again mm -hmm. which i i think is slowly coming mm -hmm. yeah and i want to encourage you um just because i feel like we framed it like oh the hard part's over now and now the easy <laughs> like smooth sailing is like i i don't want that yeah. to deter you from continuing to like ask for help and yeah. raising your hand Um, so yeah, even me and Shirley, if you if you need uh, anything from For us, sure. please please let us yes. know. Yes, yeah. I I mean I think one thing that I've learned in this past season is to ask for help, mm. and um, it's it's still something that I do very much need. Mm. You know, there are some nights where Joe has a night shift and he's gone, and then I just start calling people up to be like, hey, let's hang out, let's go get dinner, or can someone watch my kids? Mm. So, um, yes, I will add you to that list <laughs> yeah. and take you up on that. Yeah, yeah. And now that uh, my kids are a little bit older, yeah. like, easily can, like, play with other kids now. Yes. So that'd be good for us, too. Um, last question. Yeah. So with Joe. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can take a pastor out of ministry, but you can't really take the ministry out of a pastor. I say that because mm -hmm. even with the meeting that Joe, Chujin, and I have, mm -hmm. I think that's there's a part of Joe that like doesn't want to stop ministering to people. Of course. And I, I feel like that's 
like one of the outlets that he has for that mm -hmm. and like you as a pastor's wife mm -hmm. um you've had like your own kind of ministry mm -hmm. in your own right at, yeah. at church do you have that itch as well and like do you have an outlet for that or is that something maybe once the dust settles more that yeah. you'll you'll kind of look into um well i think joe and i both believe that you know ministry is it's just a constant thing mm -hmm. it's it's part of all of our relationships with people and being intentional and, mm -hmm. and loving them and um, loving God and loving them. And so for me, I, I know workplace is a big place of ministry for me. Mm -hmm. And I try to love all my coworkers and serve them. And sometimes, you know, I make sacrifices or I go out of my way to, to love on them. Mm -hmm. And I think same thing applies for just my friendships and other relationships and there are people that you know ask me to mentor them because of where i am in my career mm -hmm. so um even through those mentorships i i kind of you know weave in like hey like god loves you mm -hmm. and i love you and you know i'm here for you kind of thing and um, so I, I think the the outlet is is consistently there it's mm -hmm. it's those relationships that um, have remained intact through, mm. you know, just throughout the seasons and, um, yeah, not, not waiting for the dust to settle to, to minister to people, but just trying to find any opportunity to, to love people, um, wherever God gives me a heart to do so. Mm. That's awesome. Oh, so good to hear. Um, as we close out, any kind of last thoughts that you had, um, any musings that you have based on being able to kind of think back to, to the season? Uh, I, I mean, I think everything just comes back down to loving God and loving others. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so simple, but um, I don't know. I just want to encourage myself and other people. That's, mm -hmm. that's all it takes. Mm -hmm. And if we're doing that every day, then I think the rest God provides mm. and that's kind of a summary of this season for me mm. and I'm sure the the seasons to come mm. uh yeah awesome well uh, like I said in the beginning actually I don't know if I mentioned this on the recording or not but I really wanted this episode to be a celebration of kind of what you sacrificed and so and, and did for Joe because mm -hmm. um if Joe had a a lesser wife who knows? He might he might not have made it through basic training, right? You're right. Might, yeah. Um, Probably. Right. Um, so like we see Joe, and it's so easy to say, oh, like he went through all that and he made it out, and he's a police officer now. Mm -hmm. And then completely forget the fact that if he didn't have the support system that you provided, yeah, that he might not have succeeded. In all likelihood, he probably wouldn't have succeeded in that, right? Yeah. I feel like a, a lot of what Joe does is thanks to the support that you give him. Yeah. Um, he's such a He's such a free spirit, kind of like just do as the wind blows kind of guy or <laughs> do as the Holy Spirit leads kind of guy sure. that a lot of the administrative stuff like you kind of have to pick up slack on. And I've seen that, you know, like ever, ever since we met pretty much because we met through Service Network. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, and like everything he did, I feel like you're always there, like really supporting and like really, yeah, like you're always, yeah, you're always there. And so I want to uh, say that's awesome. Um, oh, I wanna, you. I wanted to share my adoration for that kind of support, um, and I wanted this to be 
able to encourage everybody out there who's listening who might be supporting their spouse or who might be entering a season where they need to support because mm-hmm. yeah it's so easy to write it off as this kind of side character thing mm-hmm. but no like supporting people who support their spouses is so immensely immensely vital to yes. whatever your spouse is doing so yeah. i think um yeah today again listeners if you have a spouse who is supporting you in something that you're doing please take a moment tell them i love you um or if you are being if you are the one supporting uh maybe have a conversation and say hey like none of this would be happening if it weren't for me (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah yeah um so yeah again thank you so much for coming today thank you i know we have food waiting downstairs i don't know if our family has already eaten or not but uh, we're gonna go eat um so thank you guys so much for listening And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you.